The Hartford Wolfpack drops game three to the Hershey Bears by a final score of three to one and have now been swept out of the Calder Cup playoffs. Was this Chris Knobloch's final game as head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack? Could he be en route to being the head coach of the New York Rangers? And which Hartford Wolfpack players make the Rangers on opening night next season? All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 830 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I figure we might as well go ahead, just jump right into it here. This was, of course, the final season, or final game of the season, rather, uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack here. Once again, they get swept by the Hershey Bears. Figure we might as well uh, just go through the highlights here. And uh, like I said, we'll eventually work our way into talking about Chris Knobloch a little bit, what the future holds for him, as well as uh, which players on this team, once again, might be on the Rangers opening night roster uh, for this upcoming season. Or if not the opening night roster, uh, which players will eventually work their way up to the New York Rangers. But I figure we might as well just go through the highlights again, because it is the last game of the season. But uh, first, a little bit of recapping, a little bit catching up for everybody. I know that obviously when the Rangers are in season, that's where my focus mostly is. I mean, I keep an eye on the Wolfpack, but I'm probably like a lot of you guys. If the Rangers are playing playoff hockey, uh, that's first, second, and third priority for me. But as we all know, the Rangers got knocked out uh, fairly early this season, very early, in fact. And um, you know, Wolfpack made a nice little run here, but uh, now that comes to an end as well. But for anybody that needs uh, some recapping to be caught up, whatever the case might be here, Hartford Wolfpack in the regular season finished fifth in their division with a record of 35, 26, 4, and 7. And I should also explain that some teams get buys in the Calder Cup playoffs. The Wolfpack, of course, were not one of those teams. I just didn't have the record or the uh, division finish to be able to have a buy. So they had to play a best of three. And what's the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs? They sweep the Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, two games and none. And then they advanced to play the Atlantic Division champion Providence Bruins. The Bruins were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference this season. Wolfpack didn't care about any of that. It was a best of five. Uh, Wolfpack win the first two games on the road. They drop game three at home. They win game four at home and advance uh, to this round against the Hershey Bears. And unfortunately, once again, they are swept three consecutive losses. Uh, this round is a best of five. The next two rounds will be a best of seven. Of course, uh, the Wolfpack will not be participating in the next two rounds. But yeah, um, you know, three three consecutive losses here. The season ends. And, you know, this is, uh, to eliminate any confusion, this is basically the equivalent of the second round of the playoffs for the NHL. There are only uh, eight teams remaining at this point, or there were at the start of this playoff round. And now, of course, Hartford is eliminated. But I really look back at game one as kind of the critical moment of this series. You know, the Wolfpack kind of got outplayed in that game. Not even kind of. They were getting outplayed. But they scored a couple of goals, uh, both on the power play, took advantage of some opportunities there. We're up 2 nothing going into the third period. And again, despite being outplayed, they were in the driver's seat. Unfortunately, could not hold on to the lead. Uh, fairly early goal by Hershey in the third period makes it 2-1. to one. Hershey pulled its goalie with just north of two minutes remaining. And uh, before the goalie even got to the bench, the Bears score and goes into overtime and they win. And... 
You know, Hartford didn't play very well in game two. I thought this game, game three, was really good. I thought the pack got off to a really strong start in this game, uh, but unfortunately just wasn't meant to be. Once again, they uh, could not hold a lead. They're up one nothing. They end up losing by a final score of 3-1. to one. The game was tied going into the third period, and once again, uh, the pack just couldn't get it done. I thought that was uh, really the only period where Hartford was outplayed, but sometimes that's all that it takes. And to kind of just go through the highlights of this game, uh, first period, once again, I thought Hartford got off to a much better start in this game than they had in either of the previous two. Uh, you had Gettinger with an early stuff-in try. That would have been something else if Tim Gettinger uh, got the Rangers on the board there. He's one of those guys that's always kind of been a swing man for the Rangers, but obviously he spent a lot more time with the Wolfpack than the Rangers uh, over the past however many seasons. I mean, he made his Ranger debut, I think, about five seasons ago, and he's just kind of been a mainstay uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack. So he'll probably be around as organizational depth for this team. I'd have to check his contract status to know that for sure. Um, but again, much better start for Hartford in this one. Uh, they were outshot in game one, 17-3. Uh, at one point, that was the uh, the shots total, 17 for Hershey, uh, three for Hartford. And at that time, Hartford was actually winning game one uh, by a score of one to nothing. And then in game two, I want to say it was like 10 to three at one point. It was bad. You know, they, they were getting outshot uh, pretty blatantly. Uh, but then in this game, game three here, Hartford once again with a much better start to this game. Uh, not that shots on goal are the end all be all, but you know, they can tell you how the game is unfolding. And Hartford in this game got 13 of the first 16 shots on net. Um, just couldn't really solve the goalie. Edstrom had a great chance to bury a rebound, uh, just an even better kick save by the Hershey goalie at that point in the game. Um, Hartford, I thought, did a great job creating a little bit more traffic in front of the net in this game, and I wrote that into my notes. No sooner did I write that that uh, you had Turner Ellison scoring from the doorstep to make it one to nothing in the first period, what turned out to be the final goal of the season for the Hartford Wolfpack, and you know, it was interesting because after this play ended, I mentioned that Dylan McElrath, you know, former 10th overall pick by the Rangers, uh, he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit and more games in the AHL than the NHL. Never really worked out with him uh, with the Rangers, but he's now the captain of the Hershey Bears. He was very noticeable in this series, just mixing it up after plays. And he ended up taking a penalty after this play. There was a skirmish after the uh, goal was scored here. Unfortunately, uh, the Wolfpack also takes a penalty. So instead of Hartford going on the power play, uh, you get a four-on-four -four situation. And, uh, you know, didn't lead to anything else as far as the Wolfpack building on their lead. They had a couple of chances. Like I said, I thought Hartford clearly outplayed them for uh, the first half of this game, at least. I, I would say the first two periods as a whole. And then uh, Hershey seemed to get it together in the, uh, the third period there. But I want to... Go ahead and keep moving, keep things moving along here. We're going to talk about everything that went wrong with Hartford the rest of the way in this game. And once again, I'm also I'm looking forward to this. Going to make a couple of predictions as far as which of these players on the Hartford Wolfpack ends up on the Rangers opening night roster uh, for this upcoming season. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second here. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Everybody looks better and feels better and just feels generally great when they're wearing bird dogs. Their stretchy fabric makes everybody's legs look great and they are much comfier than my other shorts and pants. In fact, I happen to be wearing a pair of bird dogs right now. They came in the mail the other day. They're here. I'm really excited about it. I don't think there's any going back. I think bird dogs are the way to go for me uh, moving forward here in the future. And uh, if you try these, I think you'll come to a similar conclusion. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and, pan and or pants on the Frisbee golf course to a meeting, a date with my wife, or just hang out with my friends. And to use some examples here, Bert Kresher 
wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs. He goes for a swim, grills burgers, and chills with his family. All in the shorts he associates with the summer, and that would, of course, be bird dogs. College football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut. Bird dogs make them look great and feel comfortable. Part of my take host PFT famously never wears pants, and the only shorts he, lo- he truly loves are bird dogs. So, Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Once again, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL. All right, so we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here. We do just want to thank everybody, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about a couple of other uh, head coaching candidates for the New York Rangers. The episode's already recorded. Very excited about that. We're going to, as I said in the past, leave no stone unturned and uh, just try to figure out who's going to be manning the bench uh, for the New York Rangers for this upcoming season. But that's tomorrow. As for right now, we're going to continue talking about the Hartford Wolfpack here, just kind of put a bow on their season. I have to call some attention to the fact that uh, Knobloch and the coaching staff they made the decision to go with Louis Domingue in this game over Dylan Garan. And I, I thought this is a little weird. I, I think I would have stuck with Dylan Garan. And again, for anybody who needs some catching up, uh, Louis Domingue had the better regular season between himself and Dylan Garan. Domingue's uh, goals against average was right around uh, 2.51. And Dylan Garan's was just barely north of three. I think it was like 3.01, somewhere in that vicinity. But when the Calder Cup playoffs started, uh, they went with Dylan Garan. And he played so well, they couldn't even consider taking him out. We, we talked about the sweep against uh, the, the sweep in the first round. We talked about uh, that was against Springfield. And then we talked about um, in pr- the second round against Providence. Uh, the Wolfpack took them down in four games in the best of five. Dylan Garan was the starting goalie for every single one of those games and was absolutely phenomenal. In all those games combined, again, there were six games in the first two rounds combined for the Wolfpack. Uh, Garand had a goals against average of just 1.17. I'm almost positive that was right. I remember seeing that uh, going into this this most recent round here. But he was standing on his head, uh, one of the biggest reasons why the Wolfpack made their mini little Cinderella run that they made here. And then in this series, I mean, game one, I thought he was outstanding. There, there wasn't really a whole lot he could do. Game two, I mean, obviously it wasn't his best. He gives up, you know, four goals in that game. Um, you know, were some of them stoppable? Maybe. I wouldn't label any of them a soft goal. But then to, you know, go, go with Louis Deming, who hadn't played in about a month, uh, a little bit of a questionable decision there. I understand, you know, he's the veteran and he's been around and uh, maybe you just need to change the energy or change something, you know, try to get things going back in your direction. Um, but I don't know. For, for me here, I certainly uh, would have gone with Dylan Garan. To me, he's, he's the one of the biggest reasons why you got this far. So ride with him right until the end of the season. And again, yeah, he lost the first two games of this series, but I don't think he really played poorly in either of them. And in game one, I would go so far as to saying that he played great. Uh, I thought Garan was outstanding uh, in game one of this series and really kept the pack in it for as long as he could. Deming, a little bit of an up-and-down night for him. He had an early turnover where he was way out of the net and tried to pass up the center of the ice for some reason. It got knocked down. Uh, the shot was put toward the empty net, but uh, a Hartford defenseman was able to block it, so uh, an early miscue by Deming there. But uh, he made some good saves, too. There, there was a save when uh, Hartford was up 
one to nothing in this game. A little bit of a rush for Hershey into the attacking zone, and Garan made a helmet save. Actually, knocked his helmet off. We got a play stoppage there, uh, but a nice save there. And then also in the third period, and we're going to discuss this in greater detail in just a second here. Uh, he makes a clutch save on a penalty shot that kept the game tied at one to one, at least momentarily. But uh, to kind of go back to the highlights from this game again. Uh, I mentioned the Domingue save on the rush, the helmet save. That, that was kind of one of the highlights of the night for the Wolfpack. Hershey ends up tying the game at 15.05 on a delayed penalty against the Hartford Wolfpack. That makes the score 1-1. to And we go into the third period. Um, once again, tied at 1-1. to You've got a breakaway for Hartford. Unfortunately, they are not able to convert. And then uh, back the other way, a little bit of a break for Hershey into the attacking zone. Brodzinski was chasing him. Brodzinski ends up taking a penalty, and they end up awarding a penalty shot, which I didn't really agree with. I mean, to me, there were players from both teams zipping back into the defensive zone, or Hartford's defensive zone, and I don't know. To, to me, this was just not like enough of a clean break where a penalty shot is warranted, but they called it. And great save by Deming here. You've got the skater coming in. He goes wide to his right, back to his left, uh, wide to the left as well, uh, moves across the crease and tries to shoot back to his uh, left. But Louis Deming reaches out with his uh, glove, snags it, makes the save, and uh, keeps the game tied at one-to-one for the time being. Unfortunately, it didn't last very long, uh, about, you know, maybe a minute later, Hartford ends up taking a, a or they get on the power play, rather. Uh, there was a penalty against Hershey. So Hartford's on the power play for all of 19 seconds. Uh, then Hartford takes a penalty. So now we get four minutes of four-on-four action. And about five seconds after this happened, uh, you get the face-off in the Hartford zone. Hershey gets control of it. Pass from behind the net in front. And the shot is ripped over the glove uh, of Louis Deming off the bar and in. Hershey goes up 2-1. to one, And uh, they were on top for good at this point. And, you know, I mentioned the shots on goal discrepancy a little bit earlier. At this point in the game, even after this goal was scored for Hershey, Hartford was out shooting Hershey uh, by a total of 28 to 12. So unfortunate that they were trailing at this point. Again, I don't think Deming like played terribly in this game, but I would have liked to have seen uh, once again, Dylan Garan get a, get a crack at it. I think he had earned it, and I think this should have been his net in this game. Would have liked to have seen if he could have gotten them back into the series and maybe made a couple of these saves here. And again, that's not to say that Deming was awful, but to me, this was Garan's game to win or lose. Um, and then right after this, and this is one that maybe uh, Deming should have come up with, uh, but you had uh, Hershey scoring on a rebound, and that makes his score 3-1 to one with 12.35 to go, and that was indeed the final score as well. I'm going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I do want to discuss a couple of the players who I think have a chance to make the Rangers opening night roster uh, for this upcoming season. And even if they don't, uh, we'll talk about a couple who could be along the way uh, at some point down the road as well. And we're going to get to that in just a second here. But first, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. 
eligible, eligible, excuse me, items only, exclusions apply. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. We are going to talk about a couple of players on the Hartford Wolfpack who I believe uh, have a pretty good chance to make uh, the New York Rangers this upcoming season. And we'll go ahead and start with Zach Jones here. I think Jones is your sixth defenseman on opening night. And I realize, you know, as a member of the Rangers, he's kind of had his ups and downs, you know, throughout um, a couple of years ago and also this past season. Obviously, to start this year, he had a chance to really take the bull by the horns, really take that sixth defenseman job and run with it. He was not able to do so. It was Zach Jones and Libor Hayek. You know, they were the two defensemen that uh, had a shot at being the sixth man. And both of them had their opportunities. Neither one was really able to seize it. And that's when we saw Ben Harper get a chance. And he eventually uh, took over as the Rangers sixth defenseman. And then, of course, he had the trade for Tarasenko and Mikola. They slotted Mikola in there. And Zach Jones was kind of the forgotten man. But you know, these three playoff games that I watched, and of course it is a small sample size, he looked really good. Just looks very poised, very confident out there. Uh, he ends up with two goals and four assists in the nine playoff games for the Hartford Wolfpack. And, you know, the fact that the Rangers somehow, some way acquired both uh, Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko and did not have to include Zach Jones uh, in either trade, that tells me that they obviously value him and they still think they have a future for him. I think, you know, if, if they didn't feel like he would eventually be a, a contributing member of the New York Rangers, um, they probably would have been a little bit more willing to let him go in one of those two trades. They found a way to not do that. Zach Jones is still here. And you look to, you know, how the defensemen line up this upcoming season for the New York Rangers. I mean, Nico Mikola is an unrestricted free agent. I think he probably walks. So that leaves, I mean, you got the big five, the guys that we pretty much know are going to be there barring a trade or anything like that, but you've got Fox and Lindgren, you've got Truba and Miller, and you've got Braden Schneider. I think all five of them will be there. You never know. I mean, maybe Keandre Miller gets traded. Maybe Ryan Lindgren gets traded. I'm not campaigning for either one of those things to happen, but again, um, the Rangers have obviously some salary cap uh, issues right now, and it's going to be hard to squeeze everybody under the cap, so we'll see what happens there. But even if none of those five defensemen end up you know, getting traded, and some of them, I think there's all, pretty much no chance that they will get traded. Uh, even all, all five of them are back. I think Zach Jones, probably your favorite to start the season on opening night. Ben Harper is still there. Uh, we'll see who the coach is. Maybe the coach wants to toss the veteran out there uh, for opening night uh, with Ben Harper, but I think the Rangers mostly see Ben Harper in that seventh defenseman role, somebody that's going to be a healthy scratch on most nights, but if they're in a pinch, they can put him out there, and he'll give you uh, competent hockey and you know play physical and watch out for his teammates, but I think Zach Jones is probably your sixth defenseman on opening night for this upcoming season, and I think he'll get a decent amount of rope to you know, take the job and just run with it and never give it up, uh, but we'll see how that whole thing shakes out, but I would expect Zach Jones to once again make the Rangers opening night roster uh, next season. I would say also Will Cooley. Cooley had a quiet playoff run, just a goal and two assists in the nine games, but he did lead the Wolfpack in goals in the regular season. So obviously, you know, he had a nice season for himself with Hartford. We saw him play a handful of games for the Rangers this past season, had a little bit of a cup of coffee with the Rangers. It was probably good to get him some NHL experience, uh, Was and ended up being sent back down to the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, but be that as it may, once again, this is somebody that I think the Rangers have big plans for. I think he makes the Rangers an opening night for this upcoming season. You know, there's going to be some openings as it pertains to the Ranger forwards going into this upcoming year, or you would have to at least assume so. Uh, you've got, as far as UFAs, you've got Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Tyler Mott. Uh, I think at best, one of them is back, and I think there's a decent chance that all three of them walk in free agency. I, I know there's people that... You know, there's honestly fans of all three of these players. Everybody loves Tyler Mott, um, but I don't think they're going to go much higher than the league minimum when it comes to filling out 
their fourth line, which is what Tyler Mott would be on. So Mott might and might not end up getting what he wants from the Rangers. He might end up somewhere else. Uh, Patrick Kane, I feel like he probably walks, although he could be back on a one-year prove-it deal. You never know. Vladimir Tarasenko, I think he's just going to be too expensive for the Rangers. And you got to remember, like, yeah, if the Rangers bent over backwards, made a couple of trades, and uh, did some salary cap gymnastics, could they squeeze in Tarasenko under the salary cap for this upcoming season? It's possible. But you got to remember, it's not just for this upcoming season. If Tarasenko gets like a four, five, six-year deal, the Rangers have to figure out a way to fit him under the salary cap every single season going forward. And I think for all those reasons, uh, Tarasenko probably walks in free agency. But I mean, that's three UFAs right there that may or may not be back. I think at the most, only one of them will be back. Uh, then you've also got Alexi Lafreniere, he's an RFA. I think he'll be back on one of those, you know, bridge deals, kind of, uh, you know, some something in the vein of what Capo Caco got, um, you know, this this past offseason. Uh, I think Barclay Goodrow is certainly a trade candidate. So between everybody I just mentioned, I'll take Lafreniere out of the equation, but between Kane, Tarasenko, Mott, they're all UFAs. Goodrow, who is a trade candidate for sure, um, you have four openings there, and I think Will Cooley probably ends up taking one of them. Uh, he'll be there with the Rangers on opening night, probably on the fourth line, maybe the third line. Um, there is a little bit of a logjam as it pertains to left wing, though, and that's why I think Cooley ends up starting uh, on the fourth line at left wing next season because you've got Lafreniere, Panarin, and Kreider all ahead of him. Again, you never know who's going to be traded. I mean, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother, um, you know, episode coming up, but all those players are under contract. Lafreniere is an RFA, but I think he'll be back. So I think you're probably looking at Will Cooley being the fourth line left winger to start next season. And we'll see if something happens where one of those players can switch over to right wing and uh, maybe balance this complete imbalance that the Rangers have between their left wingers and the right wingers. Uh, we will see. But I think uh, Will Cooley takes one of the uh, the spots next season. I think Johnny Brodzinski has a decent chance of squeaking onto the opening night lineup. You know, Brodzinski, the Rangers seem to really value him as kind of a swing man between the NHL and the AHL. We've discussed this in the past. Brodzinski currently uh, the captain of the Hartford Wolfpack. And, you know, every season we see him get a handful of games with the Rangers, and I, I think this upcoming season will probably be no different. Something that always happens with Brodzinski, though, is, you know, the Rangers, the last two seasons, they've been buyers at the trade deadline. They bring in all these players, and that pretty much just kind of squeezes him right out of the lineup. It's unfortunate. I don't think he ever does anything egregiously wrong when he's up with the Rangers, but um, there's only so much upside when it comes to Johnny Brodzinski. But now that some of these players are going to be moving on and they're could be some openings. I could see Johnny Brodzinski maybe eking his way under the opening night lineup this upcoming season. And one more that I'll throw out there, and he's not on the Wolfpack right now. We had a chance to maybe see him with the Wolfpack, depending on how the AHL playoffs and the OHL playoffs uh, shook out for, you know, the, the Wolfpack and the Petersboro Peets, uh, which is Brandon Othman's OHL team. But yeah, he's not going to be playing for the Wolfpack, obviously, in this playoff run because this playoff run is over. But Brandon Othman, I mean, this guy has just absolutely lit up the OHL the last couple of seasons. Uh, he missed being eligible for the Wolfpack by like four days coming into this past uh, season. So I could see a situation where maybe Othman doesn't make the opening night roster for the Rangers, but I could see him maybe starting with the Wolfpack. And I would say the first time that the Rangers need either a jolt or maybe there's an injury, uh, whatever the case might be, I think that maybe Brian Othman could be the first guy called up in such a scenario. So definitely looking forward to that. And uh, for anybody wondering, uh, as far as how he's doing in the OHL playoffs, the Peterborough Peets, which is his OHL team, they right now are up three games to one on the London Knights in the OHL finals. So he is one win away from an OHL championship. Uh, the other question that this entire situation begs is, has Chris Knobloch coached his final game? 
with the Hartford Wolfpack. It's certainly possible. Um, he's, he's got some buzz around him. Chris Jury seems to like him. And uh, for those wishing that the Rangers go in a direction that does not include picking up another coach from the NHL coaching carousel, uh, Chris Knobloch might be somebody that you like. He's had success pretty much everywhere he's gone, a championship in the WHL, a championship in the OHL, and uh, you know pretty good results here with the Hartford Wolfpack as well. And I think this little run that they've had through the playoffs uh, probably does nothing but help Knobloch's uh, case. Right now, I've got Peter Laviolette as the number one most likely person to be the next head coach of the Rangers. I've got Chris Knobloch at number two. I don't have any insider information or anything like that. I'm just kind of going with my gut. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now, based on just everything that I'm hearing and everything that I'm reading. And, um, you know, again, just kind of a gut feel there. But I think Knobloch certainly has a chance at it. And once again, I think this uh, this little run that the Wolfpack had in the playoffs here uh, certainly got to do nothing but uh, help Knobloch's case as, as it pertains to potentially being the next head coach of the New York Rangers. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.